Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am the host. Hello and welcome back to Book of Leaves, an Irish podcast where I interview people in Ireland or with a connection to the country who are doing something good for the planet and we can take a leaf out of their book to add to our own way of living after we get to know their story and why they're doing what they're doing, whatever that is. Could be practicing cloth nappies, being vegan, being an activist in general, or they could be an expertise in some an expertise. They could have expertise in something that we learn from them. So thank you so much for tuning in. And this episode you might have seen is with Eddie Mitchell, who is a longtime activist that has been involved in so many campaigns and spins a lot of plates. So I can't wait for you to listen to this. I was going to actually have another activist on, a youth activist, Jessica, who was at the Mary Robinson Climate Conference that I mentioned in the last episode. Um, but I, because of a event that Eddie is kind of helping to organise, I thought, you know what, it'd be better to have time for people to learn about the event and like make time off work or whatever to go to it because there is something happening in August called the Climate Camp and this is basically uh, an event it happened last year as well in Kerry where activists come together and like you don't this could be your first you know you don't know, have had to be an activist before this could be your very first experience of it and you join other activists in a field camping and for a couple of days let me just get the dates oh yeah the 9th to the to the 13th of um August in Manor Hamilton in Leitrim in Ireland now if you go on to climatecampireland.ie which will also be linked in the show notes below you will find all the information there but that's why I specifically wanted to chat to Eddie now now obviously if you're listening in the future this probably has already come and gone so you can tune in to tune in follow Climate Camp's uh, social medias and there will be hopefully one of these every year because it's such a valuable such a valuable event um so yeah that's why I was like Do you know what I have to bring Eddie's interview forward so that you guys have time to book that off work and hopefully make it there for one or two if not all of the days from the 9th of August to the 13th so this episode we're going to be talking a little bit more about mining again which came up with uh, Jerry McGovern's episode recently which I would recommend checking out in addition to this and we talk about prospecting I just know um, there are some non-native English speakers and also me I was like what's pro- prospecting but I forgot to actually give a definition of a until a good bit in when we started chatting about it so what's very common in Ireland are mining companies will come and prospect your land which basically means they're looking at doing maybe soil tests and stuff like that to see if there's anything there so what are the prospects of us finding um, materials and minerals to mine so that is something that is quite prevalent in Ireland and the main thing that Jerry that Jerry that Eddie wanted to talk about was something quite new that he's learning about the critical minerals regulation so this is something quite daunting to be honest but it's really important that we know about it because not that many people know about it and when we are now allowing and sh- and creating shortcuts for mines that are cons- uh, for minerals to be mined that are considered critical for our day-to-day living it-, it can be quite dangerous to kind of for the shortcuts 
that are being created to allow that to happen. So that's why Eddie really wants to raise awareness of this. So have a listen to Eddie's story and everything is linked in the show notes. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this podcast or like the work that I do, you can support it on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash book of leaves, or you can contribute once off to buymeacoffee.com forward slash book of leaves. And it would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to rate, review, share, all that stuff. And I'll talk to you at the end of the episode. I'm I'm a farmer from Leitrim, really, you know. And mm-hmm. um, what makes us special is that back in 2011, we were faced with with fracking up here. And we sort of had to get to learn how to organise and become activists in order to deal with that. That that's that was my entry into activism to trying to stop fracking. So we were successful eventually. In 2017, we got a a legislative ban on fracking. We were delighted and we're still trying to figure out what happened. But um, really what happened was um, there was a massive pushback um, right across the country. And eventually we we figured out how to stop something that was that was it was like an oncoming train. You know, we were we were lucky. It changed everything really up here for for many of us that got involved. Yeah, it took us out of our bubbles, you know, Yeah, and we learned how to fight and things like that. When you learn those things and the brain starts to get wired in that way, then you don't really want to stop. You're interested in the next fight or what the next struggle is, you know. And it's important as well to keep activism alive here because, you know, okay, we stopped it for now, you know, but as long as the gas is there on the ground, I'm sure there'll be somebody looking to get it out, you know. So we we have to be eternally active now in in Leitron. That's what we're that's what we're about now, you know. Yeah, amazing. And that's such a that's such a good point that you make cuz yeah, once my eyes were turned to the climate crisis and that the people in power weren't fixing it, I'm just I I'm constantly hungry for more information how in the next the next picket line I can join or or things like that because yeah, it, there is like when you see it's like b- becoming like awakened awoken uh, to injustices and stuff and and then coming from that success of banning fracking you know the effect that people power has and community has so that's amazing and I guess before that like what was your you as a farmer like you're kind of like a custodian of the land and you're probably working outdoors a lot so it probably just made sense to you that this was a pollution risk there were so many risks to fracking was that where your kind of relationship with nature kind of strengthened or did you have that beforehand growing up an awareness of like the environment and how we interact with it as a farmer you spend your life um in the river you know what i mean and down the land and you know you take that for granted mm. but when so when a threat comes along you know it's like the, the hair rises on the back of your neck and you realize that there's something fundamentally bad about to happen you know what i mean mm. so i suppose we we um, we become the like the the white blood cells of the of the environment here, you know, and yeah. and you you have to fight, you know what I mean, and and it's not really something that you have a choice about if you feel strongly about the place. Like yeah. our, I suppose our right to us to live in a safe place was was threatened. So yeah, it did strengthen that feeling, I suppose. And it's great now that our kids um, were involved, you know, for years as kids coming up through all that protesting and. And you know, challenging, and and it's great to to see them sort of develop as activists themselves. You know, for a while they were 
probably looking at us going, God, do we ever have to still go to another protest or what the hell is the meaning of all this, you know? But now as they're coming into their early 20s and late teens, I can see that they're becoming capable. You know what I mean? They question yeah. things and question us. And, you know, we have campaigns, um, again, uh, you know, um, issued against us sometimes for stuff, you know, because they know how to how to look for stuff, you know. But <laughs> it's good to see that, you know, the benefits that, that have came out of it, you know, the confidence that they have now, like, you know, because they know that if there's something that needs to be done, they know how to organize themselves, which is great. Like, that's powerful, you know. Yeah, that's so true, because I think a lot of young people feel very disempowered and a lot of outsiders might think when talking about the climate movement that, you know, it's just desperation and clutching at straws and you come out worse for wear like every single time but it's lovely to hear that that isn't the case especially for your your kids now like that's that's fab to hear that they have that confidence and what was it like it must have been amazing to get that across the line I have talked about on this podcast before about Shannon LNG and the kind of the the terminals that are planned to be built in Ireland in which fracked gas will be imported and I know we we won't dwell on this but I would love to hear your opinion as to like how that makes how that makes you feel our relationship now to fracked gas as a country and um, that we might be importing it well as soon as we got our ban in place in 2017 I went looking for Johnny McGilligan to let him know that there was a plan to bring fracked gas into Ireland and at that time people down there thought that they had won their campaign and it was over but we realized immediately that you know the pressure was going to come on them if frack gas um, gets into the irish energy mix we lose our argument here if they if we allow frack gas from america into ireland then the question is why why aren't we using our own frack gas um, if we're against that and we're against that for good reasons because of the impacts on on, on public health on, on the damage that it does to communities Never mind the climate issue, just that from a community perspective. We we can never afford to, to allow that to happen in Ireland. That's why we've worked so hard for years now to try and make sure there's a ban on frack gas. It's literally looking at a community in the US and going, you guys can suffer and we can use your energy. We know those people now, you see. like They worked with us for years to try and tell us, to warn us, you know. So we, we know them now. We can't let them down now, you know. Yeah. To kind of talk about then the groups that you're active with now, I know that you're with Love Leitrim. I don't know if there's any other hats that you wear, but you want to talk to us about the little, the few different groups that you're with and the work that they do? Well, so Love Leitrim, I suppose, was my inroad into, into environmental activism. That was a, one of 22 groups that were fighting fracking, you know. Wow, 22. Uh, wow, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge campaign. Sometimes we, the people that are still talking about fracking, like me, people might think there was, there wasn't a lot. There was a huge. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why we won because there was so many groups and so many people fighting and yeah. working together and fighting with each other and all the stuff that happens. Collective, but, yeah, lovely. Uh, so that was our, that was my introduction. But I suppose when we banned fracking, then we sort of moved on to the frac gas imports, which was the safety before LNG. So that would have been working with Johnny McGilligan, working with um, Future Proof Clare on that stuff. But then we also started to look at forestry in Leitrim. So we were watching this place getting planted with conifers growing up here. Mm-hmm. And really, um, our parents kind of thought um, that that was the future for Leitrim, that, that we should all go off and get educated and that they were going to plant this place. 
Not that they wanted us to go, but they just thought we might be better off somewhere else, you know. They realised that there was a sort of statewide plan to sacrifice places like Leitrim for this type of business, you know. God. Yeah. And, and and that is there. There's always been a, a plan like that. There was count, maybe six counties that were sort of where trees were being planted, you know. So when, when what we learned when we stopped fracking was that, hold on, we're in control when we need to be. It's our fault if we allow this place to be covered in sickest spruce. And um, so Save Leitrim was, was developed around the time fracking, when fracking was banned around um, 2017. So about a lot, some of our experience from campaigning on, on fracking then came in to start that campaign. So that campaign is ongoing now. Is that a campaign specifically towards Sitka spruce plantations? Or well, is it kind of broader for, for lots of different things? Oh, no, it's it's much broader than that. It's it's really about land use and land use planning in Leitrim and um, our right to participate. So at the moment, initial afforestation is exempted from planning. So the Leitrim County Council can't have a say really in, in, in planning on forestry. So they can make a submission to a permitting process that people think is kind of like a planning process, but it's not. You can't consider other objectives apart from um, trees when you're considering forestry. So we have to fix that. So what, what Save Leitrim does is they, they, they use the permitting process to, they use the objective clear felling and to the replanting of, of trees until we get a policy and that's mm. fit for purpose. So at the moment now you'll know that the state aid, you know, that the Ireland have very much increased um, budget to spend on forestry and, and they haven't got state aid approval for that yet. So Save Leitrim would have went to the commission and made a submission about what was happening here. At, at the moment, the, the, the government hasn't got approval for that state aid yet. So hopefully we'll see a lot of improvement in the forestry policy and the, the rollout of forestry. You know, if we're talking about planting 8,000 hectares, you know, maybe up to 30,000 hectares a year in Ireland. That needs to happen everywhere. That, that, mm. that shouldn't be happening on bogs in Leitrim. It should be shared. Well, yeah. as opposed to being concentrated um, where land is cheaper by um, corporate funds, the, the ownership of, of the trees in Ireland needs to remain with the, with the people. Like mm -hmm. forestry here means the removal of families and the shutting down of communities. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, not, that's not a good forestry model. And like all you have to do is come and look and well, what's happening. It's, it's, it's terrible um, plantation, you know. Yeah. It's just um, dead zones, you know. So Save Leitrim's working on that. They've made a lot of progress on that. Amazing. But um, we have also have to deal now with um, gold mining. So we, we set up a group called um, Treasure Leitrim. So they're prospecting for gold. So in the county development plan in Leitrim, we've banned the use of cyanide and mercury for the processing of gold. So mm -hmm. that's kind of one step that we've been able to, to take in in relation to that. So so that's Treasure Leitrim. So what else is there? There's... It's, there's a lot of uh, when look. <laughs> there's loads of hats you wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm also involved in the IFA because they helped us a lot, uh, or helped me a lot when we were working on the legislation, and you know yeah. to get support for that. So I'm 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 busy now between trying to keep up with everything. No, well, I commend all the time that you're putting into these because they're they're so needed. And I think mining in particular is something that people don't really know about in Ireland at all. You just it's just not like an industry we hear of. There's the beef industry, the dairy industry, our tourism industry. You just don't hear about mining. So like if listeners are like, really, is there mining here? Can you give like a brief overview as to the kind of places and the kind of mines that already exist so that people know that this is a genuine threat it's not like it will never happen like it is very likely that there could be a gold mine in Leitrim 
I'll come at it the way that, that I came into it myself. So mm-hmm. our, our threat here, seemingly we they've been searching for gold here since 2014. People didn't know. And we sort of became aware of it more recently in the last two years. And a lot, because communities had came to us after we banned fracking. So it was one community in Donegal had came to us and there was a gold mining threat there. They said, well, you know, you were involved in stopping fracking. Can you help us with this gold mining? And mm. um, I remember at the time, there was a big public meeting in Donegal and all the politicians came and there was three, maybe 300 people in the room and they were all talking about making submissions. And we sort of said, well, you know, making submissions is going to be useful, but to be honest with you, you need to go to uh, Joe McHugh, who's the government minister, you know, the government um, TD and, and, and get him to stop it, you know? And at that time, um, that, that particular um, prospecting license wasn't granted. So there was an idea that, you know, prospecting licenses could be stopped if there was a if there was enough opposition in a community, prospecting that yeah. wouldn't go ahead. Now, since the Greens went into government, that has changed. So it nearly doesn't matter how much opposition there is um, if it's policy to grant prospecting licenses, they seem to be granted. So there's there's that was the first change that we noticed. Um, and then we noticed eventually that there was gold mining proposed in, in North Leitrim. Um, and that was granted despite a huge campaign. And, and you know, people here know Eamon Ryan. You know, lots of people mm. know him quite well. But what he said was because there was base minerals included, he was going to allow prospecting. Um, so anyway, at the end of, we got involved with other people, especially people in the north, we'll say that are fighting gold mining. So Kime was set up. So Kime is communities against the injustice of mining. So the idea of that was that we'd try to set up a network that would support communities like that, community in Donegal if you discovered that you were under prospecting that you'd have somewhere to go to help with submissions or that you know you could catch up that there'd be a, a network there that would support communities so Kime is now up and running it must be since 19 or 20 or something around that time like you know well, yeah. um, so there's good support for communities now that wasn't there in the past or at yeah. least some support but the world has changed and people don't realize it so in the past we depended on fossil fuels for energy security, you know, and we were integrating renewables. But um, the world has changed. There's a war on. COVID happened. You know, the, you could, people could see the breakdown in supply lines across the world. And China, Turkey, and some of these countries have a lot of control over over the minerals that we're going to need for a transition away from fossil fuels. Yeah, because there's a lot of batteries, a lot of you know electric cars, a lot of a lot of it is going into battery powered, and that's that that's all mined for. So, in other words, we don't need fuels in the future to create energy. We need mm-hmm. minerals to build the infrastructure to produce the energy. So, that, like we can expect, so the lithium, um, I think we're going to need seventy five times more lithium than we currently use Jeez. in order to be able to deal with um, a transition. For, yeah. for, for climate. I think copper is something similar, you know. So because those minerals are, a lot of them are controlled by China or processed in China, this new world that we live in now that's very polarized means that these minerals, they, re, they don't just relate now to making things. It's all about making energy and um, it's all about defense. We've come to a situation where minerals are now seen as critical. And okay. it's not just about in the past in an in an open world where there was open trade, um, affordability would have been the biggest issue, you know. But now it's availability. So 
only in March of this year, um, the Commission in Europe have proposed a critical minerals regulation. And you're going so, to have to introduce that to all of us now, because I know you're only learning about it now as well. But yeah, I if it wasn't for you bringing it up, I wouldn't know what this was. Well, it's, impor- it's important for us because when prospecting is happening in Ireland, and a third of Ireland is under prospecting at the moment. So when you, yeah. so if that means that people are coming in looking, can we extract minerals? And yeah. Jerry McGovern said this in his interview that I did not realize that you might own your land, but mining companies can mine underneath your fields, your house, your estates. Is that correct? The, yeah, the government control access to, to all the, the minerals. That's wild. So give us that percentage. How much is under prospect so, now? It's about a third. Now, if you if you if you look at it across at England, it could only maybe only be three percent. So a third of Ireland under mineral prospecting is is a daunting amount of prospecting. So that means that most people yeah. um are living in places where prospecting is happening and they don't and they don't know. So there's policy being developed and there's new legislation being developed and then there's this um, critical minerals regulation and happening at, at the EU. So the the mineral legislation is is very um, very important in that it used to be that if somebody wanted a prospect on your land, they needed your permission. Okay. But this, the new 2017 Mineral Act, which has yet to be commenced, but is um, is just ready to be commenced, uh, means that if a company um, wants to access your land and you refuse access, that they can apply to the High Court to to, to force access. Wow. So, so that that's significant in itself. Mm. That our rights to prevent access onto our land mm. are being overridden in the interest of these minerals, and that's new. So that was one of the first things we figured that out because um, there's there's guidance for prospecting, and the guidance is that if a company wants to prospect on your land, they're meant to contact you. Yeah. And like there was gold mining prospecting going on in Leitrim since 2014, and nobody knew because the company did the prospecting in secret. And is that and so? It, was that like breaking regulation there? And then it was you know, breaking that, guidance, okay. uh, guidelines. So, so the idea was if you tried yeah. to find the landowner and you couldn't, then you know, you could do a certain amount of prospecting. They must have been able to, must have came with their eyes closed <laughs> because <laughs> you never seemed yeah. to find anybody. You know, sometimes they were found by accident. Oh my God. But so this, I mean, you can imagine they'd be wary of, of, of letting on that they were searching for gold, you know, because people know the danger of, you know, extracting gold and, you know, all that goes with that. But we're, but we've moved away from a situation where, as happened in the past, if a community understood that there was a threat that they could get together, put pressure on their TDs, and uh, that usually what had happened is the company would pull out, you know? Yeah. So now with the Greens, that's not happening. Um, they're granting licenses everywhere. Which is so hypocritical. And, well, it's it's what, what Eamon Ryan says is that we need to have this transition away from fossil fuels. But remember now, Ireland didn't have petroleum exploration. You know, we mm-hmm. had a big issue around um, Rossport and we stopped fracking, you know. So yeah. there was always a lot of resistance to extractivism, you know, yeah. especially extractivism that's linked to pollution and public health concern, you know. Yeah, we have a long but, history with activism in that and in that field. Yeah, for sure. But now it looks like we're moving into a situation where we're going to support mineral ac- extraction. In the guise that it's green energy, it's renewable, and it's yeah. Well, okay. we're go- we're going to do that without really. Now, there's a lot of talk about the circular economy, but mm-hmm. really, it's about continued growth 
along the same lines. You could imagine that we could have a great debate about that, except that this critical mineral regulation is expected to be passed through the parliament by 2024. Now, what it does is it almost guarantees planning permission for for a mine within two years. So it makes the uh, companies proposing mines, if they're searching for or if they're mining, going to be mining for these critical or strategic minerals, Hmm. um, they get onto a list. And then that list allows them to have overriding public interest status. So you remember the Shannon LNG and the PCI list, people were, was a lot of concern initially about getting this special status. Special overriding public interest status means that we'll say if you were going to pollute, you know, imagine the Habitats Directive. Well, at the at the end of the Habitats Directive, there's a little statement that says you can do what you like in the public interest. So you can you can you can pollute in the public interest. Like we have to accept that mining involves pollution. Mm-hmm. So when you get special status, it means that the mining must go ahead, but we do our best to to reduce the impact and mitigate pollution. So yeah. we're going to end up possibly and very likely in a situation before the end of next year, if a company was to apply for mining, that they'd likely get planning permission. Also included in this is that if they, if a company applies for processing of mm-hmm. ore, that they would get permission for that within one year. To, to get the context around that, at the moment, Europe produces 3% of its minerals. So they want to, between now and 2030, um, given the, what's going on in the world, they want to increase that to 10%. Mm-hmm. Now, normally it takes 16 years to open a mine. Okay, okay, that's why they're fast tracking this, yeah. So this is means like a massive ramping up of yeah. now. So the geologic, you know, the the geological survey, they were the people promoting fracking here, and um, so they are they sort of cycle in and out of industry. They're very industry orientated, but they are actually going to partner with the GSRO. Who are the they? Group, yeah, the group within the petroleum division. In, in the Department of the Environment, the people that ban fracking right. are now going to partner with the geological survey. So so we, we see the, 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 the structures of the state now coming together to get ready to implement um, mineral extraction. Okay. okay. Now, we can argue about the rights or the wrongs of mineral extraction, but what's happening is it's like filleting of the citizen participation. People's concerns about pollution and public health and land use will be will maybe easy easier to set aside under this mechanism that's been brought in. I'm with you. Yeah. Now we're we're very concerned because what happens when a community makes submissions about prospecting is there's usually a statement from the minister that says prospecting doesn't generally lead to mining. Mm. But that can't that, that that's not true anymore because affordability isn't the thing that drives mining now it's going to be um, availability of minerals yeah. and security energy security is now linked directly to, min, to to minerals and this isn't just about energy it's also about european defense you know do you remember like we have we're a neutral country we're not involved in in war but what our government has been starting to tell us is that we're not politically neutral so this is a way that that we can play our part. We can, um, yeah, we can let American planes refuel in the West, and we can 
extract for minerals for yeah. defense and oh god yeah so it's a bit, that's a bit depressing but yeah <laughs> that that i need so the, the our our climate camp um yeah, people. So we need to tell people. So we have had there is a lot of shit in the air that the government is doing. So yeah, the climate camp and the groups as well that you're talking about, like how people can help. So please enlighten us and how people can get involved and what the climate camp's aim is. So the the, the climate camp is going to be happening between the ninth and the thirteenth of August in Menor Hamilton. So and that's in Leitrim. That's in Leitrim. So. I remember back in 2016, 17, there was probably a few people, maybe 10 or 20 people working on um, on the frack gas issue. And yeah. do you remember Extinction Rebellion? They tried to shut down Dublin for two weeks. Do you remember that a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we went to Dublin and we had no connection at all to all these people, all these young people out on the road, blocking streets and stuff. But <laughs> what what happened, we were, we, were, um, we had brought over... Um, a professor um, from Cornell, Bob Howard, to talk about, you know, the impacts of frack gas. Yeah. And um, we got into a climate committee and Breed Smith was a big help to us. And she was also involved in Extinction Rebellion. So we ended up meeting all those young people and they looked at what we were doing. And we went from a small number of activists to thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we were relevant. And then it meant that the Greens couldn't ignore us because they were afraid of losing their two thirds majority vote, you know, in relation to getting yeah. into government. So I remember well, during that week, there was actually a Sika Spruce protest with a load of Love Leitrim activists. I was there. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, so, my yeah, wife so, was at that. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Um, she was there. I was in Dublin that day, but not at that meeting. But what ha- what happens when young, when people who hear them talking about climate change now every day on the television, you know? It's everywhere, yeah. And climate change is, like, we should be past, you know, talking about the weather at this stage, you know, and how warm it is in Italy. Because we all know that that's common, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we have to, we have to be very careful about these transitions are are opportunities for for corporate extraction. So we, we have to, like, we need to have trees. We need mineral extraction, but we, we can't do it on the, on, uh, we can't just continue with what got us here, you know. No, we, it can't be growth. It can't be on a growth model. No, like, not if we're yeah. not if we're serious. Um, mm-hmm. So we we can't just try to compete with China, so that mm-hmm. the America can dominate the world instead of China in the next ten years. You know, like we used to have an idea of sort of a, a rules based multilateral system that all of the countries in the world had come together to solve their problems, and that we'd we we'd have the highest standards you know mm. not the not the lowest possible standards and the lowest you know democratic standards in order to um, keep america on top or or keep china on to, uh, down or you know this yeah. is the world that we're moving back into it's a it's a day it's a dangerous space because our the objectives that our governments are are, are operating under at the moment they're not climate they're mm-hmm. they're security so when, when we see people talking about climate now without talking about the concerns that we have about growth and about continued growth, we, we put everything in danger, you know. Yeah. Um, so Sliela is, um, they're organizing the climate camp. So we've invited them to, to come to Leitrim. 
Ah, very and good. And is this is the aim of this mobilization, education? Like, what what if if people can come? What would they expect out of those few days in August? Well, what what we'd like them to do is to talk about extractivism and growth, and talk about you know democratization of climate action. We want to have climate action owned and controlled by people and not corporate interests because we're going to lose the people if we don't do that so we know that when people start to have that discussion that we'll end up in a much better place and ireland can shine a light for people um, around the world because we have a we have a great little democracy i mean there wouldn't be that many places in the world that that are strong enough to not only to ban fracking, but to ban the importation of frac gas, you know, like to stand mm-hmm. up to America and say, yeah. hold on now, um, you're, you're driving drunk. You need to, yeah. we're not taking your gas. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. We've got a lot of influence. Um, a lot of people admire us as a country as well. You know, very few people find us like irritating or whatever. So we have a lot of clout in the actions that we can take. Absolutely. And for people that go to the climate camp, so is there going to be a mixture of like workshops and then will there still be kind of some music and stuff as well? But it's mostly about making connections and and teaching each other. I suppose there'll be a lot of conversations. They tell us not to um, sell the music part because (laughs) they don't want everyone just for the music. But I can tell you that by last year and like Leitrim is full of music, you know there'll be massive bit of crack, I'd say. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was there for a couple of the days last year with my kids, like, and they, they enjoyed it, you know? It'll be, yeah. like, uh, Le- Leitrim's going to go mad for, for a couple of days, you know? Like, it's going to be a bit of crack. But we do need to have these conversations. Like, there's, So I'm hoping to see a lot of people come down from the north as well. I mean, fracking in Northern Ireland hasn't gone away. There needs to be um, a light shone on what's happening up there with legislation. They're actually bringing forward different legislation in the north and in the south which would allow uh, petroleum extraction in the north which is just really mad like there's yeah. loads of mad stuff happening yeah. that people don't know about but yeah no this this will be a bit of fun now and the idea is here is not about having experts talking it's about trying to give place for young people mm-hmm. to try and allow what happened we'll say in dublin that time with all with yeah. extinction rebellion to let them come in and you know see that there's a big community there now that that's working on stuff and to get involved and start doing the work there's so much work so much reading so much such a, a community that needs to be kind of um developed and, and 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 encouraged you know yeah big time and and for people i guess who don't know where to start or it, they might be far away from leachmore they might think that they're far away from places and communities that need um hands-on support like what what would you say to people who haven't gotten involved with the kind of activism that you've been doing to encourage them to do so either as close to possible as home or from afar well you see we live in a we live in a world now where we're all in communication all the time you know we have to get involved in our communities now in in raising awareness about climate in trying to do the positive stuff like in Minor hamilton now we've set up a sustainable energy community um, I built a little wind turbine here for myself. That's the sort of stuff that helps you <laughs> um, yeah. to do the other stuff. You know what I mean? And we, we need to start to, 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 to share our own little solutions with each other and work them out, you know? 
And that'll be a big part of the climate camp as well. And people, it's it's going to be local. You know what I mean? The revolution is local. It's never, um, and the fights are local. You know what I mean? Yes. And yeah. we, we have to we have to get involved in the in the fights that are beside us too, and win those fights. They, you know, the, even this idea about climate change is like one, you know, two words for everything. It's 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 not like that. It's more like there's a battle to be fought in your town, in your village. And that battle is probably really important in Europe, in Ireland, in the world. And you really don't know, you don't might realize how important it is, you know. And that's what we need people to do is to, to learn. And it's bloody addictive. And it's, you know, it, it's, yeah. if you're thriving on it, it's good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can, you can learn a lot and, and I'm enjoy I'm enjoying it. But it's the hardest thing we ever did as well. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's. But that it's, means it's uh, more fulfilling. Like your challenge, like our our brains and bodies like thrive on on those kind of challenges. And then when you're part of that community as well, like there's nothing else like it. And that and that charges your battery, even when you get the knockbacks from government or corporation. Yeah, that's where the hope lies. Is the hope is with local people, normal people, communities. Like that's where we're going to see the change that we need to happen. Um, I can't like I can't believe we've already been chatting for forty minutes. Time flies by. Um, is there anything else that you want to you want to plug about the event? I presume it's free to go to, or do people have to give a donation or anything? How do people access? So it's it's free to to go to, and if people are having trouble um, getting there, um, there'll be help. You know, so yeah. if not having money is not a problem. You know, we want um, activists to get to the camp. So if you contact the camp, go to the website, contact the camp, um, talk about your situation. If if you want to be there, I think there'll be every effort made to, to help to get you there and look after people when they're here. You know, I don't think you need money now when you're in Leitrim. Um, it's um, yeah. it's going to be in a field with a tent. You probably need a tent. I'd say you might be stuck <laughs> if you didn't have one. Um, yeah. So yeah, but, uh, it's a camping, it's a camping thing. Um, I remember uh, some friends saying how last year there was like a you volunteer if you want to volunteer in the kitchen or um, just different kind of ways that you can volunteer if you want to. Um, and yeah, there's like food and everything provided. So um, it sounds amazing. I'm de- I'm supposed to be working for some of the days, but I'm going to see if I can get them swapped so I can make it out for a bit because. It w- and, it, and if I you have a music, and if you have that. a musical instrument, um, I bring it with you because so. you'd probably be sorry that you left <laughs> it behind if you came without it. You know, like yeah, um, no, that's such a big part of our culture as well. Like jamming sessions by by bonfires as well is a dream. Love it. Is there anything else that you want to say before I ask one more question about any of the campaigns that you're involved with? I'm going to link everything in the show notes, all the different websites and social media that people can get in touch with if they want to know more, want to get involved. But is there anything else for listeners Um, that you'd like to share? I wanted to focus on the um, critical minerals because I want people to read that because that's that's just it's it's what the critical minerals regulation shows us that. And I and I don't want to take away from a transition to a green economy, but it, it's mm-hmm. a little bit like, well, how is this going to happen? And it looks like yeah. it's kind of going to be a little bit closer to authoritarian sort of um, yeah. mechanism, which is really dangerous for climate action. You know, yes. we can't hand over all our power um, in order to have a, a transition if it means that it's going to be corporate run because it won't work. You know, no. 
it's just going to lead to more polarization. Yeah. And we know that that just takes, that's just about, um, you know, removing people's power. We need, we need people to get organized, get active, get political. So we will probably carry out an action at the end of the week or, you know, at some point during the climate camp to, you know, to show, um, that, you know, it's not a conference to talk about things. It's about doing things. It's about yes. being serious and taking responsibility. That'll be a bit of fun. That's that can be a big experience for people because it's a it's a line to cross. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. But it's a, but very empowering as well. Totally. Like you said earlier, it's totally addictive. Since I first my first protest with Extinction Rebellion, I was like, this is this is so much fun. Like because you've you, it's just very fulfilling at the end of the day. So absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um. One more question to land on before I let you go, if we actually in the next six years do enough that we completely change our systems that we're living in and climate justice is achieved if you time travel into the future however far what's one of your favorite things about the future as it works out or if you want to paint a picture of it for us i don't want to seem paranoid but if i think if i was to turn up in that future i'd be looking around me to see what the racket was and what was going on I think the the world, we struggle, it's what we do. And we're not going to solve all the problems in five or six years. We're just going to continue to to do the best we can to fix what we can. You know, that's never going to change. You know, that's just part of what humans have to do. But what I would love to see in the future is I'd love to come across, you know, another generation that that are winning, you know, and fighting and learning and making things better. You know, that that's what I'd love. I don't want there to be no struggle. You know, I want there to be a row. <laughs> I want people to be learning something in the middle of it. You know, that's what it's about. That's what it's supposed to be about, to be human. You know what I mean? And mm. the quicker that people can get involved in something important, it puts everything into perspective. Like, we've no control over the important stuff, um, usually. Like, the impor- mm. important personal stuff in our life. Yeah, like health to- or whatever. Yeah, you don't really have a lot of control. Yeah, but we have, we have, we have far... We have far more potential to have control over some of the things that we need to change desperately, you know. We need to get at it, you know. That's 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 what I enjoy. There you go. Now, hopefully you were able to learn a thing or two. I learned loads chatting with Eddie. Don't forget to book time off work so that you can go to Leitrim for the 9th to the 13th of August. I'm going to try and rearrange shifts so that I can go as well. Um, That'll be pretty cool. So hopefully I'll see some of you there. And I just, I really look forward to being with other activists and having a not a talky conference approach to how we can fix the climate crisis but actually hands-on doing workshops and learning from frontline activists so spread the word um don't forget to talk about the critical mineral regulation thing bring that up in your environmental circles and at the dinner table with not environmental people because the more awareness is raised the better and yeah I will be bringing um, Jessica then on in two weeks who's a youth activist and if there's anyone in particular you would like me to interview or any topics you would like me to cover send them my way and don't forget to check out everything in the show notes don't forget to give us a follow as well on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook book of leaves podcast and uh, Patreon and buy me a coffee are linked in the notes below as well I think that's everything I have a feeling I'm supposed to update you with other stuff as well but 
I don't know. You'll, you, I'll remember and probably just share it on Instagram. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful Monday and don't forget to get out there, get active and become addicted to it because it is one of the best things I've ever done. <laughs> so have a lovely day and thanks so much for listening. Bye.